if you do not know that theme song and if you do not have that memorized theme song by heart, what are you doing with your Netflix account? That being said, hello everybody, my name is DJ and welcome to The Thoughtcast. run by mainly me and a few other hosts. However, this episode is just going to be me because this is a completely different style of uh, episode that I'm going to be doing, which is called Thoughtcast Plus. If you were to look at your album art right now, there'll be a plus sign next to that little microphone. That's because this is just going to be a much more looser version of the standard show. Um, You might get this later or or earlier, depending on when I'm going to upload this. However, this is this has no upload schedule. This is going to come out whenever I have something interesting to talk about, and I've already written about that, and uh, I want to get that out as soon as possible. And the, the standard episodes are just going to be your classic, like, whatever we did for the Avengers one, as well as I'm going to be experimenting with a bunch of different formats on the show. So, yeah. this. So, with that being said, I, I'm guessing the, uh, the intro, you already realized that. Today, we're talking about Stranger Things. Whoa, boy! Okay. So Stranger Things launched, um, as of recording this, five days ago. Five days ago. And um, this has mostly been so much... The season has mostly been so much fun. Um, It's been exploring new dynamics around uh, around characters. It's been exploring different, like, you know, styles of storytelling. Like, more 80s nostalgia. I'm a 2000s kid, so I don't really understand 80s nostalgia. However... This this still has something for everybody, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep this spoiler free as possible before I just jump straight into the spoilers. Um, this is also like the show is also just much more you know bigger. It's much more highly produced, and it shows that Netflix has pumped Netflix has bumped up everybody's paychecks there. The kids, the adults, and the production value for this little show and. Who knows? By the end of this month, you might get a notice that uh, season four is going to be coming up there. And I actually want there to be a season four because the show's creators, the Duffer Brothers, they have already made it. Conf- they have already made it clear that this story is at least a four-season uh, show, and there there will only be a complete arc with four seasons and more. So I don't know what's the future. I don't know what the future is for this show. So. However, I do have things that I want to talk about. Well, that's why this podcast exists, of course. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, um, now we're getting into the spoiler territory. If you haven't watched Stranger Things and you have a Netflix account, again, what the hell are you doing with your life? Go, go off this podcast, go pause this, um, watch, watch the entire season right now. All eight episodes are free, binge are there, bingeable. You can finish it in like less than a day. It's, it's, it's about eight to ten hours, so very doable. Alright, that being said, um, if you're still here, you're probably here for the spoilers. Let's go. Let's talk about the themes of this season, alright? So, there are a few themes that have been clearly shown, according to me, of course. Again, this is mostly my opinion, mine alone, um, because, uh, because again... Uh, this, this is just an homage to my, to my old style of video that I used to make, which is what started this podcast in the first place. My thoughts on was most, my thoughts on the video series and what the working title for this podcast was. Um, this, it, it was mainly just me scripting what, scripting ev- everything on my own and, uh, just writing it out and recording it on my own. So this is a sort of, it reminds me of that, basically. It reminds me of when I was basically on my own, 
doing it. And now we have a team of more than two of us. And I am really, really proud of the progress that we have done um, on the back end of things, which I, I'll explain that in the in the later or in, in, in the actual full episode, which is going to come out either later or earlier this week. I have no idea. Okay, so back back to the themes. The themes of this show were made were mostly uh, growth, uh, because Hopper again spoiler alert, Hopper's heart to heart message for Eleven and Mike. That was mainly, it, it, it wasn't really a stay away from my daughter kind of speech. It was more of a, um, what's it called? It's, 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 it's like you are, it's, it's like he's accepting, he's acknowledging the fact that these kids are not really kids anymore. One look at the posters for seasons one through and one, two, and three will, you know, make you notice that, that they are not kids anymore. These are just, they are, they're, you know, blooming into teenagehood, and they're going forward into high school, I think. Um, I don't know whether Stranger Things 4 will be mainly about, like, you know, them exploring high school, but I don't know. This this feels like the Spider-Man complex that, like, dude, they're just so over high school. And also, these kids are old enough to be in high school. Unlike other teen drama shows, I'm looking at, you know, Riverdale, Pretty Little Liars, those are, those have 30-something-year-old people acting as 16, 17-year-olds. <laughs> and, but this, but here, the kids are actually 16 and 17 and whatnot. And plus, uh, with, with the, with the way that the Duffer Brothers wrote this season, Netflix wanted them to, uh, do season three and four back to back so as to facilitate the um, you know the the actors growing faster than their on screen counterparts. However, the fact that and it, the production is very similar to Infinity War and Endgame. The fact that they wrote, they wrote it very simultaneously and they shot it simultaneously, so the filming was very back to back. So which is why there was only a one year difference between Infinity War and Endgame. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard my Endgame episode. Again, it's all it's just just scroll down. <laughs> okay, so back back to the themes. Growth. It's like the growth of them just uh, growing up into teenage into teenagehood. That draws together another dynamic, which is relationship balancing. Uh, I have another thing to talk about relationship balancing. However, the fact that the way that they portray it is just very extreme. Uh, <laughs> it's also it's also much more you know. Uh, realistic as to how you can say, uh, you you got the main two protags, uh, Mike and Eleven. They mostly, you know, they bail on their friend group just to freaking make out and shit. Um, however, yes, that 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 that's fine. You have Lucas and Max, for for example. They are they are to get they are a couple. However, they choose to spend time with their friends as well. And there 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 is also um, that relationship dynamic between Max and Eleven, two girls with boyfriends who are you know uh, just talking shit about boyfriends and you know like just. Max enlightening Eleven with um, yada yada the rules of feminism and all that. I liked it. I just didn't like how Max portrayed it. Uh, I didn't like how... I, I just don't like Max, guys. <laughs> okay. And uh, again, with, with the relationships, there are different types of relationships. Um, the fact that... The fact that, you know, again... There, there's, there's three different... There's three or four different types of relationships in the entire show. One... Uh, romantic, I'm meaning. And if you want to talk platonic, I'm, I'm going to go that, go on that later. Um, romantic, there's mainly Mike and Eleven, the constantly kissy-kissy one, the Lucas and Max, who's very buddy-buddy, uh, Nancy and Jonathan, 
who's much more, you know, um, partners in crime kind of thing. And uh, Hopper and Joyce, the, the OTP of, of the entire goddamn season, um, those are much, those are, I don't know what they're called, but I don't know, it's, it, it's much more mature and adult-ish. Uh, in a way, I do think that the, um, that the, you know, um, Mike and Eleven, they, they do deserve their own relationship. However, the fact that they, (laughs) they, um, don't, they, they were together in episode one, together in episode eight, and then two to seven, it was just nothing. It was, like, that relationship was just thrown in the back burner for a while, because, I don't know, forget my, my, my. I don't know, just forget them, all right? <laughs> um, however, it's 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 also the case of uh, not really, you know, looking looking out for your friends. Because for Mike, he thinks his girlfriend is much more of a priority than the friends he grew up with. The girl he met, like, I don't know, for two, three years, if I'm not wrong, that's, that's much more, you know, important and of a higher priority to him than his friends. Um, as a person, as a guy who's in a relationship myself, I, I, I can agree, I can attest to that. However, again, it's, there, there needs to be a balance. So, Mike learning how to balance, that could be a potential character arc that could be explored in later seasons. I think it was sort of touched on in season three, but I, I'm just not convinced, man. Mike, like, uh, Mike is, okay, uh. I'll talk about Mike later, because that's one of the things I, I, I seriously don't like. Now let's talk about the character development, because character development here, it comes a long way from seasons 1, 2, and 3. In season 1, you have the four Losers Club kind of guys. Uh, coincidentally, Finn Wolfhard, the guy who plays Mike, is also in Stephen King's It movie, <laughs> so the Losers Club metaphor makes sense here. Um, you you got the four uh, boys just undergoing various uh, exploratory adventures on their own. Uh, Mike and Mike and Steve, Steve is that his name? Oh, sorry, sorry. Lucas. Mike and Lucas are on their own, um, along with the other girls, of course. Uh, Dustin is with Steve on his own standalone adventure. Uh, Will is sort of there, but I don't know. He's He's not really no nah, yeah he's he's not really important in that story in in general because I don't know it's I don't like the fact that they they try to include Will in there but honestly without him he's just disposable he's he's a very disposable character he's like without him I don't think there were, there would be no other dynamic shift like because he's not really crucial to the story he was crucial to the story in season one and two because he's the guy who's got missing in season one, and he's the guy who got something, who, who got a parasite inside of him, a la Venom, in season two. But in season three, he's just there. <laughs> um, but he is only there as, like, you know, a cue to tell us that danger is, up, danger is above. That's, that's basically it for Will. Um, however, with, <laughs> with Mike and Elle, I, for one, I am surprised with how Millie, Millie by Brown, Elle's actual actor, she went from season one when when she didn't like kissing, season two when she literally told the producers like, yo, I think we have to kiss uh, because she knows how the fan base has been working. She's she's a kid herself, so she knows how the fan base ships different people. 
and I do I do ship people. I I'll I'll take my ships later. But however, <laughs> however the the fact that like you know we start off with Mike and Elle's romantic relationship. That's 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 a tone for the rest. That's such a tone for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the season. Um, it's it's. This this is not gonna be mostly about you know whatever the story has it to be. This is much more character driven. Like there are there are a lot of character driven moments here, and uh, I love it. And you know, and I and I and I love them too. Hopper was right. Like they they spent a lot of time together, and I I don't approve his methods. However, but Hopper tried to do something good by you know splitting them apart and letting Max take over as you know uh, Eleven's. Uh, what's it called, partner in, in doing these kind of things. Um, it, it was evidenced by the fact that she, that he, that Hopper burst into the room, he saw Mike and Max sitting down instead of, you know, so what, Elle and Max sitting down instead of, you know, Elle and Mike. And when he closed the door, he freaking smiled to himself. So he, yes, his, his, his very twisted plan worked, but that's not something, that's not the takeaway from this now, is it? It's also, it's also the case of, um, I don't know, he, he could be proud as a father that, you know, she is, you know, diversifying her, her, like, people that she spends time with. Because, if I'm not wrong, the entire year, the entire summer, uh, it's, it's always been Mike and Elle just making out. Uh, so, having Max there, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, just gives her a different viewpoint on life in general and, like, how life is not always about boys. Because, uh, with 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 kids hormones it 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 do it does start to become like that like life is all about members of the opposite sex but kudos to to max for you know waking her up and you know just that entire shopping montage uh that that was a, an excellent way of telling her that like you know she's not she's not supposed to be mike's you know one and only she she can be a girl on her own she can she can you know she can be she can be whoever she wants to be and doesn't always and she doesn't have to always, you know, listen to or follow or just wait around for her boy. Um, and yeah, that that's a very strong message message to a lot of adolescent girls around around there. So kudos, kudos to her brothers. All right, moving on, we have Joyce. <laughs> okay, my sister and I, we watched the season together and the... Um, the running gag between the both of us is this entire season was just Joyce Byer giving no Fs. She does not care at all. She's, like, season one and two, she was pathetic. She was she was whiny. <laughs> she was grieving. But then season three, she just doesn't care. She She's she's very feisty. She's It's it's a complete 180 from what we've seen her in seasons one and two. Yes, she is, she is grieving from the loss of her... Uh, boyfriend Bob, uh, Bob Newbie. However, but it's 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 not stopping her from you know, uh, doing whatever the plot needs her to do, which is in this case join Hopper for this other adventure. And uh, with and speaking of Hopper, that that dynamic she has with Hopper, like the fact that they know each other for so long, it shows it shows in their interactions. But I I don't know whether uh, Winona Ryder and uh, David. Harbor, yeah, David Har- Harbor or Arbor, they're both David something. They they know each other for that long, but the the dynamic of like their friend of the friendships and no, like very old married couple ish like that it uh, it shines through it, it and it's 
awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. And also the um and there are hints at a romantic relationship at the end of the season, right before uh Hopper sacrifices himself to uh, you know, save the world or something. Yeah, that that kinda stung because like I don't know, it was he they just got together, man, after the whole season. Like I I feel like I feel like what's his name? Mor Maury? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, like the the more eccentric guy, I, I forgot his name. Maury something. Uh he 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 is the point of view of the audience. Like every time we see them, we see them together, we're just like, oh god, just just kiss already. God damn it. Okay, but still but <laughs> that very on again, off again, back and forth thing <laughs> between Joyce and Hopper, that's that's exactly what relationships are most of the time. It's just mostly just roasting each other. It's just making fun of each other. It's just arguments, just countless arguments. Uh, and that love triangle with Alexi. Okay, let me let me just preface this very clear. Alexi is best character that this season has yet to offer. He's so wholesome, he's so fun to watch, and he's such a kid, and like, he's much more of a kid than the kids are. <laughs> Wait, actually, uh, that's not true. Yeah, th th that's true. He's much more of a kid than the kids are. Like, like the fact that he smiles so much with, when watching Looney Tunes, the fact that he wants to watch these kind of cartoons, and the fact that he was so happy when he won that Woody Woodpecker thing. Again, that not only serves as 80s nostalgia because Looney Tunes was, was a thing there. It was also uh, the much more, you know... Uh, it, was also the, it was also the much more, um, like, sweeter side of things. Because the Hopper and Joy storyline, it took itself way too seriously. And... And right now, with, with Lexi being a sort of, you know, um, comic relief, I'm guessing? Because I, I don't think he does anything funny. It's, it's, it's just the things he do are just adorable and wholesome and sweet and all that. But, and yeah, with, with him there, it sort of balances out the mood. And eventually you see Hopper, like, you know, warming up to the kid. Uh, like, to, to the Russian after calling him Smirnov for, like, I don't know, two, three episodes? And and then him finally warming up only to, you know, lose him very quickly. And uh, and that dynamic that Lexi has with the bald guy, Maury, is uh I don't know his real I, I don't know his name, so I, I I think it's Maury something. Like Maury Bennett or something. I, 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 I forgot. Um like Maury something. It's 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 also like the ball guy is also just much more, you know, sweet, and because they they understood each other, so they can just talk in Russian all they want. And the fact that they both laughed, and when Maury told them that, like Maury told Lexi that, you know, um, like he told the he told Joyce and Hopper to, you know, bang, and uh, the fact that the, the both of them just started freaking losing it. That's that's honestly just so much. That's honestly just so pure, and that's kind of sweet and. It's also a bit funny and depressing, but still. Um, so moving on, we have Steve, Dustin, and Robin, the the quote unquote scoops troop. <laughs> scoops troop. Yeah, I, I can see why it has a ring to it. Okay. Um, Steve and Dustin, they their relationship grew from season two, and this in here we have a much more you know open like you know romance thing going on, and it's it's kind of sweet a lot, and, and 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 you can tell Steve. Justin really respect Justin, but Justin respects the hell out of Steve. 
and that's honestly just very sweet because you don't you don't get these kind of you know um so like you don't get these kind of dynamics shared between a teen and a a teen slash adult and a kid and th- and their character developments are also pretty interesting well or lack thereof which is something i, I actually want to go to justin he he comes back and he's sad that he that like you know his friends they are not really um interested in whatever he wants in whatever he's doing they're all they're all doing their own thing i don't know freaking making out or whatever um but He's, but he, he knows, like, you know, Steve has some sort of connection to him, and it shows, because Steve has been there for him when the Losers Club has not been, like, you know, that, that D&D party has not been, um, and, and it, it, it's poignant, and, and at the same time, it also gives, you know, both of them a, a different dynamic to explore and have fun with, because in seasons one and two, uh, Steve has mostly been you know, uh, doing, doing it with, uh, Nancy and Jonathan, and now having Dustin in play, and throwing Nancy and Jonathan into their own side story, that, that's a lot of, like, you know, that's honestly such fun, it's, it's, it, it, it explores different things that, you, you know, you, you can't really do with a bunch of high school kids, like the fact that, you know, they, he, he can openly make fun of, uh, Steve, and, and, no, he can only make fun of Dustin, and they can easily just, you know, laugh it off and all that. Um, the roast beef sequence. And also, um, the fact that the moment they met, the, the first thing they did was this stupid-ass laser, like, like lightsaber duel. Uh, that, that, again, was cute, because that was their first interaction as characters in that season that we've ever seen. And that sets a tone for the rest of their, you know, dynamic and romance and relationship and how that's gonna be. It's also the case of, you know, uh... Dustin, he, like, and also Steve is still in disbelief about his girl, his, uh, Dustin's quote-unquote girlfriend, but Susie is actually, um, is real, as we see in, in the episode, and the fact that he trusts Dustin so much that he let, that he lets them, that he just quietly listens to them, uh, quietly listens to them, do it out, by the way, freaking bad scene of the season, my boy, okay, <laughs> It's it's easily just like you know the best sequence of the entire season and it and, and and there's nothing which can replace that and you know that that dynamic is 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 amazing and I, and I can't wait to see it explored elsewhere in like future seasons and freaking I don't know like real life per se like I don't know for like future seasons I I just want to see that that relationship and dynamic get explored more but with that ending which I will talk about soon I don't think so I think like this season is gonna be the last um all right so i think that's all the characters oh yeah no robin 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 oh god i'm 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 looking at my notebook like i i i this is how i normally like you know script and record um this is how i normally used to record my my thoughts on videos by the way here's a bit of trivia um i i used to script every single word i i did and i had no room for improvisation here with my notes i just wrote like you know the main points so i can just freaking improv that's what podcasts are you know and uh, that's 
and the improv room can just give me it. Uh, give me everything. I, I have only one page of everything that I want to talk about in Stranger Things. I, I'm, I'm halfway there, and we're already hitting the 24-minute mark. Not bad. Okay, so moving the hell on, let's talk about what I liked and disliked. And so this is what I like, all right? So the story. So the story, we, we start off with, you know, budding romances, new relationships, character dynamics. And um, however, it, it, it chooses to, to build up the, the main story thing slowly. And then after that, it then chooses to jump back into what this show was about. 80s freaking horror stuff. Um, and it's, it's also not a case of... Um, what people it's it's, a, it's also not it's also a case more of like you know it it gives the character development and uh like sorry the character base story and the plot story enough room for both of them to grow and develop over time and speaking of which the character developments um robin is robin has no robin has no character other than being like you know the snarky lesbo kid and uh it, it was revealed that she was gay later in the season, and that has been such a, you know, surprise to all of us, because because we, we've always envisioned the LGBT community in, like, portrayed a certain way, to just so having her in a, in a, in a much more, you know, re- relaxed way, and then just dropping the gay bomb later, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's poignant for, it's poignant for, for them, and it's also much more empowering for those LGBT kids, and be, because, like, I don't know, Phoebe doesn't really ex- doesn't really explore those di- ex- explore those dynamics much more enough, and I don't know. It's it's amazing. Like they they did good with Robin. The creators did good with Robin, and I and I actually want to see Robin much more in future in future seasons. Okay, and I, we are talking about the dynamic shift. Um, the dynamic shift was already very good. So okay, that's all what I liked, which is mainly stories. The story and how it balances between, you know, uh, ca- like the, the character-based story and the plot-based story and how it balances that out um, and how that dynamic shift thing goes and and the new, the new OCs which were introduced. They gave Billy his own side story. They gave Robin his own. They gave Robin her own or they gave Robin her own sh- uh, spot to shine. Um, they gave Susie about two minutes to shine. Um, but, but in that two minutes, by the way, I absolutely adore Susie. She's adorable. Like, the, like, the room decoration, her costumes, like, her, her overall de- demeanor just made me smile. Um, okay, so this is what I dislike. Ready? Mike, being a little bitch, alright? <laughs> Mike's a little bitch. <laughs> because, because all he cares about is, you know... L constantly being in danger and how he needs to save her from danger, even though season one, season two, he she has saved him from danger multiple times before, and he still doesn't trust her. That's that's frustrating to me. Come on, Mike. Like, okay, like his insecurities shine through very well, and that that's something that I that I've told uh, my sister and a, and a bunch of other friends that like relation in relationship there's always a dom and a submissive. Mike is clearly the bottom. Mike is clearly the submissive. He's he he's the much more like you know, guy who listens to the other party. L L is the much more L L is the one pulling the strings. I have a few examples. Episode one, L is the one who's pulling him in to kiss him, and 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 uh, late later in the show, uh, Mike is the one who's freaking insecure about all this. He's much more you know, uh, he's 
He's the one who takes their breakup much more, you know, whiny-ish. And in that entire in the entire monologue where he basically confesses that he loves Eleven, it's it's also it's it's it, it clearly shows that he's very insecure and like he just wants to protect her at all costs. It's sweet, but the way that but the way that they portrayed it, it was just he's just it it it, it made him come across as very much like you know oh like a little bitch like not not like very insecure about his girl and he he just wants her safe period that's it and speaking of which there there's not much there's not much character development here um because they because like you already know these characters so there's not much of character development there's like okay for 11 for 11 what's 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 your character development uh just her realizing that you know there's more to life than guys uh what's my character development Nothing. What's Will's character development? He's he's growing up and he's destroying his castle of buyers. That that that's a perfect analogy for for him. You know, uh, literally growing up and moving past the childhood. Um, and what's the other the other party's character dynamics? Nothing. Uh, they like they the character developments are the characters are not really they they don't grow much except for physically and like yes Hopper tells them that they're growing but the only thing that they're growing is their hormones <laughs> and like. The only thing that they are growing with is their hormones, and that's literally it. There's nothing else for them to, you know, um, mess with, and that's that. That kind of sucks because I honestly want them to explore much more character de- developments, and and ha- having that only in seasons one and two, and not in seasons, you know, three. It it sucks because you know yes romantic relationships are fine that but that's not character development that's just things happening if if you want character development if you want character development just look at I don't know seasons one season one and two like like the character development from like the progression from L from not learning much to not understanding much to season three she can speak almost fluent English and that's that's amazing and all that okay here's another thing that I don't like. Uh, the fact that they reused enemies from season two. The Mind Flayer is a season two enemy, uh, as evidenced by the fact that, like you know, they locked him. Like as evidenced by that entire conclusion sequence that they locked him in when L closed the gate. It proves that you know that the Mind Flayer is just literally that that villain from season two. But it, instead of it being Will, it's now Billy. Uh, <laughs> And now with and now with that post credit scene and and with season four teasing the return of the Demogorgon, which is a villain that we've already seen in season one, I don't know. It's 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 starting to become a loop. Like you you know what their weaknesses are. What what more can you expect? <laughs> um, but season two, that, that there's honestly not much of things that you can explore in like with, in, in terms of you know villains other than you know the Russian base. And honestly, the fact that they could use the Russians because the 80s were a time of the Cold War, that's amazing. That that checks out very well. And and like the commies, they all they all doing they're doing something and it's not really explored at all. Like the fact that why do they want to open the gate to the upside down in the first place? Why do they want to do this and that and do this that you do? Like it's it, it's just there's like, "Oh, shoot, Russians opening the gate. Stop them." And, and like whatever. <laughs> But I don't know. It's 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 not very well fleshed out. Like the villains are not very well fleshed out. The mind flayer just screw that guy. He's he's amazing. But um, I don't know. Just 
like the way he was formed in the earlier in the earlier episodes, it made me feel sick. Like I, I can understand it made other people feel sick, but for me, it's interesting to see like the visual effects and uh, how they did that. With if I'm not wrong, it's just mostly slime. <laughs> so I I I really want the loop to be broken out of in season four and five because so help me if season if season five is just gonna be a reuse of another villain. Uh, I don't like that. Okay. And uh, the other thing that I, the other thing that, which really pissed me off was how insignificant the breakup was. It's like, okay, look, seasons one and two, um, they're always like, okay, in season one, Mike and Elle were starting to become friends. And at the end of season one, uh, he confessed to Elle that he liked her in the form of a kiss. Um, season two, it's been mostly long distance and they couldn't see each other, but then they could be each other, they could dance together, they started their sort of relationship there. Season three, it starts with their relationship, and very early on, it ends. And then throughout the rest of the thing, it's nothing. Like, nothing really matters, per se. It's like, they, they still act like a couple, mostly, it's, but just, you know, less clingy. <laughs> Yeah, just like less clingy and less, you know, very intensely PDAing, but they but they still do act like a couple. Like they still do care about each other. So the so the breakup sequence was just freaking insignificant, dude. Other than a, a, a bunch of jokes here and there, it's it's very insignificant. Like the reconciliation was cute and all that, um, but then we we already saw that coming based on the fact that you know that's how the like. <sighs> Nothing, nothing, you know, nothing is fully, uh, ex- like, nothing is permanent with, with these kind of relationships. If, 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 if those two, like, those two break up and then they, they just come back together later in the season, it's, it sucks, dude. It's, it's useless. Alright, so, and I think that's all the, the notes that I have. And uh, now let me end this by expecting, by, let me, uh, by sharing you my expectations of what's going to come up in season four. Um, based on some things that Millie and David had told press, they are hoping that, you know, Hopper isn't really dead from that explosion. And, um, it's much more, you know, uh, they are mostly hoping that Hopper isn't really dead from that explosion, and, and they're hoping that he would be back in season four as a sort of surprise character. Like, because Millie had said that, like, you know, her dad's dead, or so she thought. The fact that she said, or so she thought, remi- like, implies that there might be more that more than what meets the eye with this kind of thing. And that's going to be interesting to explore, honestly. Because, seriously, like, Hopper being... Hopper being MIA for that thing, like them ha- them having their old like you know funeral and grieving sessions and L moving out, that um that was sad, but then it it made sense in characters again because they're moving on from you know their small quiet town in Hawkins to somewhere new. They're moving on from childhood to adulthood. They're it's like it's 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 growth back to the theme back to what I said in the theme growth. Um, they are growing out of like you know their homes and their and you know Joyce and the, Joyce and L want to move out, and that that that's perfectly fine. However, it it does cause some strange strains on the relationships that you have. You know, the Mike and L relationship. What the hell is gonna happen to that? Nancy and Jonathan relationship. What the hell is gonna happen to that? And Joyce. I don't know how she's gonna get back out of that. But let's just see. All in all, 
this season was amazing. Um, I can't wait for the next season. Um, I just hope that this series gets rebooted to a next season and like renewed for a next season. I really hope I, I really hope I, I start to like Mike because ever since the beginning, I did not like Mike. Like Mike was just, ah, God, he was, he was a bitch from season one. Seriously, he was a bitch from season one. Like season two, like season one, he was okay at best. Season two, he just, he just whines about how he misses Eleven. Season three, he whines about how he loves Eleven. So <laughs> not much of character development there, is there? But still. I honestly hope Mike can be Mike as a character can be lovable. Like, th- I I do like Mike and Eleven's relationship, but I do not like Mike alone as a character because I don't know he's freaking useless. Okay, no wait, he's not really useless. He's just noise. <laughs> he's like he's useful in in terms of story and character characters, but like overall, he's not really that memorable. Other than you know the smoochy smoochies he has with with, with Eleven and. I want him to have. I want him to be more than just that. I, I want him to be a much more, a much more stronger main character. Like a, as a protagonist, he needs he needs to be you know a better you know uh, model and a, a, like a, a better a better character in general. All right, because he's he's just very whiny, and I and I, and I really don't want that to change. Because Will is following that example, and so help me if I have two bitches in in that losers club. Sorry, part of my language. And so help me if I have two whiny bitches in that in that losers club, I'm gonna flip my table. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think that's all that there is. So that so this podcast was short, and that that's how it's gonna be from that's how it's gonna be for these kind of podcast plus episodes. Uh, it's just gonna be much be much more shorter because it's just me. And uh, yeah. So till the next episode, I'm DJ. And wait, 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 I'm not done yet. So if so, if if you, if you like what you heard, uh, leave a comment on our Instagram or Apple Podcast. Yeah, the podcast is not out on Apple Podcast. Sweet mother of God, I'm happy. Okay, but we have an Instagram now, um, Instagram.com/slash/podcastpod. Um, with that, you can leave comments or feedback on the new episode as all you want, and uh, I'll I'll be mostly reading it because I'm because I'm the one managing the Instagram page, and you can leave your comments all you want, and we will read those. I'll read every single one of your comments, and I will. I, I I really do support your feedback, and I really do like it so much because this this is something new for me too. Like I I've been doing videos for like so long, and having a podcast on my own, it's just it's so weird. So yeah, uh, so if if, if you want to get in contact with any of us about things I have said, and like any of us, sorry, me with the things we have said during the show, you can uh you can you can tweet me at D for DJ. Um, or, or you can just go to Instagram.com slash ThoughtCatPod. Just leave your comment down below. Whew. Okay, till next time. I'm DJ. Peace out. See you in the next episode.